everyone, and welcome to our ninth show. I'm Dana. And I'm Jim. Today, we'll be talking about how we met, Shark Week, and many other interesting topics. But first, beer. Today's beer is from the Orville Brewery. Uh, the style is Belgian Trappist. Belgian Trappist. Is this what the rappers are talking I about? I knew you were going to say something about that. Wow. No, that's a trap house. Do I, they make I don't know. This, I don't know. I'm old. Do they make this beer in trap houses? I don't know. Why are you asking me? I don't know. Anyway, the style of the beer is similar to a Chimay. Who would have guessed oh, that? Oh, we're drinking out of Chimay glasses. Is that how you pronounce it? Chimay? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I messed up. <laughs> um, here's it, This is interesting to me because the ABV for this beer is 6.2% in Europe. But because of labeling laws, it's 6.9% in the U.S. Oh. So I guess we measure the percentage of ABV differently. Um, That's interesting. I, there was no I never more knew information that. on that. Um, it is brewed at the Abbey de Notre Dame de Orval. Oh. That's in Belgium. Uh, the monks, this is brewed by monks. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So these monks got together and they were like... <laughs> We need some dough to renovate our monastery. What are we going to do? Uh, because the monastery was destroyed during war times. And they were trying to figure out... The, one of the first things that they did, they started a foundry. So they were, uh, you know, melting and smelting, if you will, uh, different melting metals. Melting and smelting. Uh, melting and smelting away. <laughs> melons and melons are tons of steel. Um, and they... Came up with the idea of brewing and selling their own beer uh, to pay for the renovations that needed to be done uh, at the monastery. The brewery was started in the early 1930s. Uh, they've kept the same branding and logo and labeling all throughout the years. Uh, and they also have a cheese factory. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh, Orval cheese is made with fresh whole cow's milk pasteurized and collected from the neighboring farms around the monastery uh, these farms are situated in Guam uh, Game, Guam, I don't know how to say this the small southern <laughs> corner of Belgium that's where it's located um, they are all milk sector quality certified the natural crust is washed entirely by hand to obtain a rich typical taste as well as a flexible melting texture so not only when you visit this monastery can you taste some delicious beers uh you can also have some cheese i'm sure i'm sure your stomach will be in ruins after going to this yeah place. i'm lactose intolerant so no bueno for me but it's so delicious <laughs> um looking at the pictures on their website you could just uh google uh orville beer or orville o-r-v-a-l brewing uh and you'll be able to look at pictures of the monastery it's absolutely gorgeous uh, I would say this would be on my list to visit just based on the photos that I saw. Nice. Yeah. So we haven't even tasted the beer yet, but uh, cheers. Let's do that Cheers. Now. So I have a little trivia for you. So clearly to have a Trappist beer has to be made by a Trappist monk and Trappist brewery. Did you know that there are 12 Trappist breweries? I did not know that. So I looked it up. There are 12. There are six in Belgium, two in the Netherlands, one in Austria, and one in Italy. If you guys need research done for anything. <laughs> ever. I like to be thorough. 
I think my wife missed her calling. I feel like she Me should too. be in a lab or I something. I do too. I really do. Researching shit. I was going to say a private investigator. Yes. That's what I... <laughs> Nailed it. If you need a PI and you feel like something funky's going on and you want to get down to the bottom of it, call my wife and she will find out what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. What are we so this about isn't her? made in trap houses. I, I don't know, Jim. Okay. <laughs> so the first thing we're going to talk about today, we mentioned it briefly on a, a prior episode about how we met. So we're going to deep dive into that topic. Uh, you want to start it off, my love? Sure. It was a sunny day. <laughs> it was nighttime! In 2006. <laughs> <laughs> It was a foggy evening <laughs> in 2006. Our friend Michael Snyder brought Dana to one of our men's league basketball games. They had been shopping up in Woodbury Commons, which is like a shopping outlet about an hour north right of here. Right before Christmas. And they were doing some Christmas shopping. And Mike said, if you come to my men's league game tonight, I'll buy you dinner yes. afterwards. So Dana was like, free meal. Uh, Word. Count me in. So, we're in layup lines warming up for this very highly competitive men's league. In a middle um, school gym. Because that's the only type of league that I play in <laughs> nowadays. Um, and Mike and I are kind of passing each other in layup lines. And I'm like, uh, who's that woman that you brought with you? Who's that lady? And, and he's, like, he's like, oh, that's my bartender. His bartender. Who introduces somebody as their bartender... Other than, like, an uber-wealthy dude that just has a bartender on call at all times. I don't know. So, so, in fairness, I was bartending at the time, and that's how we met. I was working, and he and his friends used to come to my bar, but I was no way his personal bartender. Continue. <laughs> so, as we keep passing each other in layup lines, I'm shooting, he's rebounding, he's shooting, I'm rebounding. Uh, I just keep asking him questions. I'm like, what are you talking? He goes, oh, she bartends at a bar that I go to. I said, okay. Uh, is she single? I don't know. Great, Mike. Thanks for the, <laughs> the, the amazing information. <laughs> so I get a little tired in the first half. I sub myself out of the game, and she's sitting like on, at a chair on our bench. And so I just start you know, chatting with her, um, getting to know what she's all about, where she's from. And... We leave that night. We did not exchange information that night. No. It no. was like, hi, how are you? It was yeah. no like, I wouldn't call it a conversation yeah. at all. So they go out to dinner. They're at dinner and Dana starts to prod Mike a little bit more. So I asked the same things that my now husband asked that I didn't realize. I said, yo, what's up with number 56? Mike's response, who? Jimmy? I don't know. Is Jimmy his name? I don't know. You tell me. Is he single? I don't know. Where does he work? I don't know. Where does he live? I don't know. Dude is useless. Meanwhile, he knows the answers to all of these questions and doesn't bother to tell either one of us that the other was inquiring about him or her. So, fast forward a couple of weeks into the future, I go down to White Plains, New York with a bunch of my friends. We kind of dance our way into a bar. At almost 3 o'clock in the morning. I had cleaned the bar I'm ready to go home. These fools dance into the bar. So I see Jim, 
and who I don't know his name is Jim I'm still not sure and I wave at him thinking oh it's dude from the game yeah. I get the worst like squinty eyed like one finger wave like horrible oh alright I left my glasses in the car I couldn't sure see you did. my hand in front of my face sure. so I don't know who's waving at me my buddy Farid goes I think the bartender knows you she's waving over here I don't know who she is and I said, I don't know anybody that works here. Mm-hmm. Then we get up to the bar. I realize it's her. And I said, oh. And she just turns her back on me. I was yep. like, oh, I messed up. So yep. she serves everybody at the bar drinks before me. Yep. Uh, and then and she what goes, did I serve you? She goes, if you're going to be drinking with me, we're doing a shot of whiskey. And I was like, oh, shit. What whiskey was it? Is it Powers? Oh, gross. A uh, Booker's? Booker's. Oh, uh, it was Booker's. So she serves me Booker's, which is like, oh. It's God. like gasoline. Yeah. So I did a shot with, I think you did Jack, but you gave me Booker's as like a joke. Because Dana usually shoots Jack. So she, I used to shoot Booker's. She gives him the Booker's, and I thought I was going to die, but I was like trying to hold it in to like be all macho and everything, right? That didn't really work out. Anyway, I saw the pain in his face. So by the end of that evening, we actually, I ended up giving her my card, and we ended up talking uh, the whole time that she was home for, in Louisiana for the holidays. And by the time she got back, it was almost like we were... Yeah, it was almost it was right before New Year's, and he came to my... Did you come to the bar for New Year's? I think you were supposed to. I don't remember if you did or not. So anyway, we have... We have great memories. We have a... Yeah, we have the worst memory, and we're drinking. <laughs> so, How's this beer? Is it good? I think it's delicious. We start date, dating, and slowly, Jim starts moving his things into my apartment, and all of a sudden, I realize he lives with me. We've had no conversation about this, but I also didn't stop him. So my friends are like, what's going on? And I, I honestly said, I don't know. <laughs> it happened fast, people. It happened fast. Let yeah, so know, we started know. dating. Uh, we don't even know the exact date we met. We know it was December in 2006, mid-month. So we always say December 15th because we don't really know. Sure. <laughs> so we met December 15th-ish, 2006. Sure. Uh, <laughs> You proposed December 2007. Yes. We got married October 08. We're coming up on 10 years, folks. Yes. So that's the purpose of us going back in time and bringing up these memories. Our 10th anniversary is coming up and no one's been choked or punched and we're both alive. So I think that's all that really matters in a decade of... (laughs) Anyway... We're looking to do something fun uh, this October with the two couples that we actually met oh, yeah. 10 years ago on our honeymoon. In Jamaica. Uh, so we're looking forward to hanging out with the two Ryans, Jason and Michelle. Michelle. Uh, we're still trying to figure it out. We might go down and see them. They they live down in Texas. so uh, How convenient. They yeah. all live in the same place. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. What are you talking about next, boo? We're going to talk about Shark Week because we're we're right in it. I mean, we're at the tail end of it. The tail oh, end of it. Oh, your dad jokes. Dana loves my puns and my dad oh, jokes. Oh, you're so punny. All sharks have tails and fins, right? Uh-huh. So, uh, we've, been, <laughs> we've been watching it at night. Uh, I can only take so much of it. Dana, <laughs> I like to watch like the stuff about the great whites and like the larger sharks. He wants to see people get bit. No, I don't. Yep. And then the the myth of the megalodon and all that. that like I think that's crazy. really really interesting. And this new movie with Jason Statham, the Meg, that's coming out about the 
whether or not the largest shark from you know the Jurassic period is still around. And so I, I know they've been promoting that throughout Shark Week since it's like the perfect time for them to come out with that movie. Um, some of the uh, the shows they're really going all out because it's the 30th anniversary. One of the most interesting ones for I think both of us was Alien Sharks. They're they're talking about these sharks that they like, look crazy. Are kind of like bottom feeders, so they're like all the way down at the bottom of the ocean. You don't normally see them, um, and I thought that was a really interesting. And they're ugly as oh, get out! They're so <laughs> ugly. Um, I thought that was an interesting show. And then you had Bear Grylls, and I know you guys have seen you know Running Wild with Bear Grylls. Uh, where he takes a different celebrity out into the outback and kind of teaches them wilderness survival uh, techniques. Um, and then we had a lot of other celebrities, I think, this week. It was like Shaq, Ronda Rousey, yeah. Gronkowski, going all Aaron Rodgers, Lindsey Vaughn, the Olympic skier, Guy Fieri, who we know. Did from... you see that episode of Guy Fieri? Something went wrong with his tank, yes. and he wasn't getting any oxygen. And they looked at him, and they noticed he was just sinking. And I thought, oh, this is for TV. Nope. They pulled him back up, took his mask off. His face was beet red. Dude had no oxygen. He was dude, not kidding. This dude passed out twice <laughs> in the water because I think he didn't know how to use his scuba air regulator. No, they said something was wrong with it. Uh, something was wrong with him because he was <laughs> not looking good at all. I don't know if he did like the express like two-hour scuba course and like just didn't get any of it because he's totally <laughs> ADD all over the map. Um, so if you guys haven't been watching this week, um, and you want to check it out, uh, you can go on to Discovery Channel's website, uh, or I'm sure through your local cable provider, you can watch it on demand. And I think you only demand. got two days left. I think it's, uh, today and tomorrow. And what they're finishing off with on Sunday night is Shark Week mixed with Naked and Afraid. I can't wait. And it looks insane. You got these naked people running around dodging sharks. All they got is like these little spears in their hands. Like, what are you going to do with that little spear? Naked in the water with sharks. Yeah, with all your giblets hanging out. <laughs> all your giblets. It's crazy. Oh, and another thing. Bear Grylls poured... Nuts. He poured... Chum. Fish guts and chum and like all his blood and everything all over his body in his wetsuit and then got in the water. This dude is out of his fucking mind. Word. All right, I wanted to interject something real quick. So last Sunday we were at the Beer Noggin and I'm telling Dan. Oh, were we? I, didn't I was telling that. Dan that works there. Shark Week starts, blah, blah, blah. I'm so excited. And Dan looked at me with such a serious face and was like, Dana, really? It's 2018. You still watch Shark Week? <laughs> He's like, you know it's all fake, don't you? So that got me intrigued, and I looked up a few things. So, I found this article entitled, How Shark Week Screws Scientists. No, don't tell me it's fake. Jonathan Davis. His research was featured on Shark Week last year as part of a show called Voodoo Shark, which explored the existence of the Rukin, a fictional shark, mon a shark monster that dwells in Louisiana bayous. First of all, I'm from Louisiana. I've never heard of this. I have heard of the Rougarou which is supposed to be a monster that takes on all forms of shape. Like, it could be anything. It could be Bigfoot. It could be the shark. It could be a big gator. So maybe this is a form of it. Some down south voodoo bullshit. Oh, just wait. You'll see. Davis didn't know the producers were going to use his work to perpetuate a myth. In fact, he says, it wasn't until the two and a half hour interview with producers ended that he was asked, as an afterthought, what he thought of the voodoo shark. The interviewer sh said... 
what do you think of this monster shark called the Rukin in South Louisiana? And my answer was, that's complete bullshit. There's no such thing. I've never heard of it. But if I had, I would know that it wasn't true, Davis explains. Then the producer asked Davis about the existence of large bull sharks. He said that there could absolutely be large sharks in that area, even right behind them. It wasn't until months later that he found out what had become of his answer. They chopped up my second question and superimposed my second answer to, to the first question, he says. They showed the southern hillbilly fisherman talking to the, talking to the voodoo shark, and they panned at me saying, Shark scientist Jonathan Davis believes that if the voodoo shark is here, it will be in the Lake Bayous. Outrage. He tried to get in touch with them. Long story short, nobody got back in touch with them. He couldn't find anybody to answer his questions. So the article goes on saying that other scientists said the same thing, that they gave interviews. It was all chopped up and botched up, that the answers they gave were legitimate answers, but two different questions that they showed on the show. So this kind of broke my heart a little bit because <laughs> I love Shark Week and it's just so upsetting that they do this. But in the end of the article, they say, you know, we really need to keep up our ratings and people want to see things like that. They want to see things that are unbelievable and they want to see blood, which my husband wants to see. He doesn't want to admit it for some reason, but he wants to see somebody get bit. One of the funniest things that you have this uh, marine uh, diver, this guy from like Australia, yeah. who's missing his leg below the knee and he's missing his hand. Yeah. Yet he still puts on a wetsuit and jumps in right next to fish guts and like chum to film the and like tag sharks. Like you already lost two limbs, but you're he's like, he's oh, always gonna... the uh, official expert <clears throat> too. And I looked at Jim last night and said, why is he the expert about how to get? He got bit. Like, why is he yeah. telling people what to do and they're listening to him? Like, all these people have wetsuits on, their tanks and everything, and they're about to, you know, back dive off the side of the boat, and he's and he's instructing these people <laughs> on what to do. I'm sorry. You don't have a leg and you're missing your hands. You're not telling me what yeah. to do, bro. Like, yeah, I'm not it's... getting in the water with you and feeling safe. Like, that's not happening. Yeah, I saw the show today about how he lost his limbs. He's a Navy diver, and he was swimming on his back, not paying attention, and he felt a shark bite him. Nah, nah, bruh. Nah, sorry, bruh. Yeah, because when when you're in a wetsuit, right, and you're all black and you're up at the surface of the water and you're floating, you look like a seal. And guess what? <laughs> Sharks eat seals. And they attack from below as fast as possible. They breach the surface and they will bite your ass. So don't Literally. Be, don't be swimming next to, like, seal-infested habitats because your ass gonna get bit. Yeah... But I still love Shark Week, and I'm going to watch today and tomorrow, and I'm going to watch next year because it's entertaining. What's next, boo? Oh, some of the tab names at the knock. So the names that I get on my bill when I check out. Uh, I got The Real Jim Shady. Please stand up. <laughs> I got Jum Huggins. That's pretty funny. Just a different variation of my name. Uh... Duck and I were putting on this like Italian accent, like a Brooklyn accent the other day, and he put on Jimmy Squingeely. That's pretty funny. Which is pretty funny. And then Jamma Lama Ding Dong was probably my favorite over the past <laughs> couple <of> weeks. <laughs> pretty good, guys. Pretty good. Last thing we're going to talk about today that Jim wanted to uh, bring up. as uh, When I first moved to New York, I moved here to be an actor, like most people, not most people, but a lot of people come to New York for that dream. I moved here January 1999. I hustled my ass off. I had a manager and a few agents I worked with. Um, I had a great time. 
I was super broke, but so was everybody else that I was friends with and everybody else that I was acting with and auditioning with. And it was a, wasn't still as a great community. I'm still friends with a lot of the people I met back then. But one of the jobs that I had that most people find interest in is that I did background work for SNL for five years. Which for five stands seasons. for Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So from 2000 to 2005, I was one of those people in the background that you don't pay any attention to. <laughs> that was me. But it was a lot of fun. And at the time, I was dating a crew member. So I also got to go to a lot of the cast parties, which that's where the really good stories are. But we're not going to talk about that today. So I, it's been so long since I did the show. Like I said, it was 2000, 2005. I had to look up who were the hosts on the show, what happened on the show, just so I could like bring up skits to talk about. The only skit that I can find on the internet is probably the worst skit ever. <laughs> it's horrible. Like You could watch it just to see how bad it is. It goes on forever. It is from January 19th, 2002. Jack Black was the host. The Strokes were the musical guest. And the skit is about a happy birthday song. So Will Ferrell comes out and he says, you know how it's hard to remember the words to happy birthday. It's confusing. So Jack Black has come up with a new song that's supposed to be easier. And it is, this skit goes on and on and on. It's ridiculous. There's like bats and things coming from the rafters. It's, it's crazy, but it was a lot of fun to do. I feel like the writers were on acid when they wrote this it just doesn't make it's it, all if over the you, place. If you're a fan of Jack Black or Tenacious D, you watch the skit and you'll get it. It's just ridiculous. It's kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons type thing. So, I remember this very vividly. This was the after party I went to in which Will Ferrell came dressed as a UPS driver. <laughs> the whole brown outfit. I feel like he might have had like a box with him too. And Jack Black was at the party, of course. And we danced together and had a lot of fun. It pissed my boyfriend off at the time. But it was a great party for me. A lot of people I was working with at the time, I got into the party. It was just good, good memories. So that would be season 27, like I said, 2002. There was another episode that I was in. And I, I don't know which year it was right now. I'll find it. But Megan Mullally was the host. And... Oh, I found it. It was February 7, 2004. I was a huge Will and Grace fan. And Megan Mullally plays Karen, who I think is hysterical. So we're rehearsing the skit. She walks right up to me, extends her hand and says, Hi, I'm Megan. And I said, <laughs> The one and only time that I was starstruck. She was so nice. If you could have seen her first, she goes, Ow! And walked away. <laughs> It was about her being a taxi driver in New York City. I cannot find it online. I'll continue to look. It was cool for me because I actually had a line in this skit. It was about her being a driver and all the passengers get in and out. I played a hooker with another girl. We get in the car. She says something. I say something. And I got a laugh from the audience. I was like, I can die now. This Oh, <laughs> and in the other skit with uh, Jack Black, during I think during the live show, you're supposed to make these crazy faces. If you watch the skit, it's insane. So making the best crazy faces I can, I look up and Will Ferrell's looking at me dying laughing. I was like, <laughs> yes, this is amazing. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I got to 
not meet a lot of people. We talked to them. They a lot of them were nice. A lot of them were not so nice. I'm not gonna put people on blast. There were a few assholes that came through. Of course, Queen Latifah was one of my favorite people. Did a show with her twice. She was always super kind. Um, one of the after parties, <laughs> we're hanging out, standing there, and she's talking to one of the makeup artists on the show. Her name is Tisa. Hope she doesn't mind me saying her name. Super nice girl, very friendly. My boyfriend and I are gonna give Tisa a ride to the next party, so I'm standing there, and Queen Latifah doesn't know I'm waiting for Tisa, and it kind of seems like I'm waiting for Queen Latifah. Oh. And it's like an awkward situation, and I'm very well aware that she thinks that, but I think it's so funny that she's so awkward. She's like, hey, how's it going? Like trying to make small talk, but also at the same time, like trying to tell me to go away. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm just standing there smiling at her. She's like, yeah, well, we're all leaving soon. And I was like, okay. And she just keeps talking and it gets so awkward. She's like, yeah, well, you should probably go. And I was like, oh, I'm waiting for Tisa. And you can just see like all this stress from her body relax. She's like, oh, okay. And I just start laughing. She's like, I got another stalker again. <laughs> yeah, you saw the fear <laughs> in her eyes. But I would not tell her I was waiting on this girl because it was just so funny. That is The funny. uncomfortable silence that was going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of good memories, good time, good people I met. The casting director was always really nice. Uh, I, I will try to remember more stuff, but I have a really bad memory, as we said before. Um, but if you have any questions or comments about those seasons, <laughs> leave questions on our Instagram, guys. We just want to circle back to the beer real quick. What's, yeah. what's your description of this after you take a sip? Because... I'm interested in hearing it because you've been in the beer industry. You'll know a lot more than I do in regards to different styles of beer and ingredients. It, I immediately, if I taste this beer, it just tastes like a Belgian beer to me. Yeah, like the Belgian strain of yeast. Yeah. That's that's what it tastes like to me. The first thing I get, uh, looking at the color, it's like a copperish color, um, little little bubbly effervescence, um, crisp to the taste, like little tart, like. The, on the finish, like if you that's take what a sip. I like a lot is the aftertaste, and yeah. then like also the amount it's of carbonation like yeah. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I I really highly suggest this beer, uh, this Orval beer, O R V A L. So you guys can look it up. It's brewed by monks, <laughs> and it's delicious, <laughs> and it is very delicious. Um, all right, guys, that's all the time we have. But if you are thirsty for more, please subscribe to the podcast. Jim, where can they find us? You guys can listen to us on the Anchor app. That is how we record this podcast. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Breaker, Spreaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, and anywhere else that you obtain a podcast, we're all over the place, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Doing it. And we will, or no, I should say, you will be hearing from us <laughs> very soon. Bye, guys.